Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. And also, good morning to our sit-in guest host, Mr. Brian Couch, uh, the sponsor of the Under the Water Tower podcast. Oh, welcome. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, guys. Good to be back on the show. Well, he, he reached a certain uh, sponsorship level after the last two years <laughs> that we decided to let him come back on. This is available. The sitting host is available to all of our sponsors. You just have to uh, continue sponsoring and um, send us uh, seven texts a week about uh, everything from Grizzlies games or pennies for the park. Or, or about how we do uh, on the show, <laughs> or the song we picked, or how the artwork was terrible. That's what happens when you're any, the presenting. Any yes, any right. of that. Or it's, corrections. It's, I just want to be, you know, I want my money to be spent <laughs> on something that's quality work. That's it. Well, you want us to be the best show. You want us to be the best show in Hernando. Not just the real one, but the best one. Correct. There it is. I Great. mean, if that, it makes that, you feel better, I send Zach, you know, comments on his show, too. Well, so. he, he actually sends Zach uh Several jokes a week. That I sent him Zach, one last night. Actually, that Zach the dad joke, he does the dad jokes. I yes, sent a dad joke last night to him, <laughs> but he can't use any of them. <laughs> oh no, the one I sent last night he can use, and he goes, "I thought you were going somewhere else with that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure he'll use it then because he likes you know when you can think well, you're going one way now, and it goes another. And Brian always comments about my little goofy jokes, and now here's here's his test. Hey, go ahead. to be the guy that jumps in <laughs> on these uh, things to keep it light around here. Brian, we're great. we're glad you're here. You sat in with us about a year ago. A lot to talk about. Uh, you gave us some updates. A year or so ago about real estate, and, uh, man, real estate's just going great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on what side of the fence you're exactly. on with that. But, you know, from a seller standpoint, it's phenomenal. From a buyer standpoint, it's kind of hit or miss depending on what price range you're in. Things have definitely uh, become very interesting when it comes to real estate, and we look forward to talking about that. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home, if you listen to our show regularly and you know a friend or a family member that's thinking about doing something in real estate over the next five to six months, be sure and tell them to listen to our show today, especially, so we can uh, you know help them through this. And if you're looking to buy or sell, please consider contacting Brian and Terry, our presenting sponsors. I'm talking, of course, about Team Couch a Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They have thousands of closings since 2009. They're the number one real estate team in DeSoto County since 2009. They were recently voted DeSoto's best for the fifth time. It is a great time to list your home. No one's going to serve you better than Brian and Terry and their team. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team for a reason. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available anytime you need them. Currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give them a call. Give them your address. They'll tell you all about your home, your neighborhood, what houses are doing in your neighborhood, how long they're staying on the market, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry are going to possess all the analytics that you want from your realtor. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 901-461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. He uh, prefers to get text about real estate during the Grizzlies games. <laughs> he could, You know what? Please. Actually, if you text Brian during Grizzlies games about your house, he will guarantee you some things he probably can't deliver on. <laughs> Possibly so. Possibly, Possibly so. so. But a big win last night for the Grizzlies as they moved to 3-2. to two. Brian, again, glad you're home with us. And remember, everybody, every home needs a couch. I couldn't have said it better myself. 
Of course, Brian is sitting with us in the Mobile Car and Van Rental Studios. Glad to be back in the original studios for the UTW Podcast. Mobile Car and Van Rental, ready to serve you. If you have an insurance claim, if you have a body shop need, if your car is going into the shop for three or four weeks, give us a call. Let us see if we can help you. If you are traveling this summer, especially if you're in a church youth group or a church group, an adult age group, we are ready to serve you. We are booking up super fast for June, even faster for July. Call us at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. Let us see if we can help you. We have 10, 12, and 15 passenger vans ready to travel all across the country this summer. Give us a call today, 662-469-4555. And thank you so much for joining us in the mobile car and van rental studios. The studio is a lot nicer than it was last time I was here, I must say. I don't feel like I'm going to get hit we in moved the to, head by a ceiling tile. We moved a different room. Well, we had to, we vacated for a year. We vacated for a year. Yeah, he, this is, yeah, Brian, the last time he was on was actually in this original studio. So right, it right, was next, right next door. In the office next door. So, yeah, you never got to uh, interview in the uh, in the new place, so uh, you missed it. He, he didn't come on. to the Taj McAlexander. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't come to the Taj McAlexander. He did not get to visit no, us in those not. studios. No, he did not. He did not. Well, Derek, we talked about it a bit on our Tuesday show, but let's jump right in speaking of real estate talking about those different things brian's going to give us some updates here and know about hernando and lewisburg shortly uh, one of the main things that people look at when it comes to choosing where they live safety for themselves and their family and then also what do the parks look like what does the uh, extracurricular activities look like in an area and we had uh, since our last show the pennies for the park plan for the city was unveiled on monday night tell us about that meeting on monday i think we all agree that we're lacking somewhat on the park side there, right. there are amenities that we need uh, and some people would say, and they said it on the meeting Monday night, that they, they feel we deserve uh, for the city of Hernando, for the residents of Hernando. And so that's kind of what this meeting was about. Now, this was an information-only meeting. Uh, this was uh, Henry Miner, uh, who came in with the architectural group, was the main uh, presenter uh, of this. And this was all for purposes. This is the first time they're looking at the plan. This is the first time he's got it in, broken down into five what he calls proposals. So kind of go in. Brief summary of this, this was an hour and 35-minute meeting. Wow. I'm not going to talk about that long for it, but I do want to get the main points out of what was discussed, and then I'll please y'all come comment at any time. Y'all can jump in and ask questions. Hey, before you start, does yep. Henry have the best hair in Hernando? He's got some good hair, man. <laughs> he's got some really good hair. Henry's got good hair. My, my son has good hair. Henry's got really – because he's dark and lush, and he's, what, 35-ish, yeah. mid-30s? I mean, yeah. just looking good, Henry. Really this is really getting good. a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first thing, of course, Henry did a great job. He had a huge map of the park. It's 125 acres. So wow. now that includes, and I'll go ahead and get this out of the way, that includes the purchasing of the current ball fields. There's a meeting on May 24th where the uh, representatives from the Rotary Club, the Lions Club, and the Saddle Club are meeting uh, on May 24th with city officials to discuss potentially hashing out a price for the uh, the acreage that is there to purchase uh, on where the current ball fields are. When you add that acreage, which I think Henry said is about 50-ish, 50 to 55 acres, uh, if you add that to the current uh, Renaissance Park, it's going to give you about 125 continuous, contiguous acres uh, in the middle of a city, which he said is an extreme rarity uh, anywhere that you would in have. In today's world, yes. In today's world. Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, Shelby County is ginormous. Oh, the Shelby Farm, excuse me, it's ginormous in Shelby County. But this is uh, something, if you're looking to build a park system and actually try to build the whole thing out to have this amount of acreage dead set in the middle of a city that's already owned or mostly owned by the city, it's very unique. And so this is a great opportunity that the city had. You're saying something that large, that nice, let's just say 15 years from now, if it's completed, being that close to the, to the heart of the city, the square – is rare. I mean, it just doesn't happen now. I mean, it's going to be five, it's going to be two or three miles away from the city city center uh, to get out to really cheaper real estate. Well, or, you, you look at like Oxford, right. theirs is 
10 miles right. outside of town. Yeah, it's uh, towards Sardis. I mean, that's where they had to build it because yeah, that's what they could afford. There, there's pros and cons with that, and we'll, I'm going to touch on this a little bit later because this came a little bit later in the meeting. Farmer's but, Market, close to the Farmer's well, Market. Well, the, the, pros, <laughs> the pros are what you mentioned, uh, the walkability. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the, the grants that they're looking at right now would have put a bike and walking lanes all the way down the entire Oak Grove Road, right, from Conger Park all the way past the school, all the way to Scott Road would be a, a bike lane, uh, walking lanes, uh, striped, you know, intersections, that yeah. sort of thing. So that's already, I mean, some of that's already done, but the, to take it the entire length of the road, that's already a grant that's been applied for. Having that, connecting with the city on 51, there's going to be a stoplight and or roundabout sure. put at Oak Grove and 51. So all of that incorporates right into this. So that's the good part about it. And he said, look, what I have proposed here, but now Snowden has nice amenities. Yeah, sure. This is a, he said, this would be the nicest amenity sports amenity for all residents of hernando that maybe he's ever developed snowden has tennis soccer and baseball that's great this is this would have tennis baseball softball basketball the city offices um it would have nature trails it would have what they, he calls nature play. Yeah. In other words, y'all know, you know the playground at Shelby Farms, the one that has like the sides built into the hills. You're kind of going right, into right, the grass. Right. Yeah, so but we've, there's a, a two to three acre a spot on the north, of the northern part of the property that has ridges. So, where the So what we used to call our backyard is now called nature play. It's called, it's called nature play. That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, seriously, you just described him in my grandma's house. So well, that's yeah, so they would but, hay bales and green hay, uh, green water hoses that green me and water my brother hoses, would. <laughs> make your own zip lines. Exactly. Um, no, it, it would be. We could do that for fifty bucks. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> right outside of Notting Hill, right outside Brian's house. Zip lines with the. Uh, yeah, I, I think they, I think some of the kids in the neighborhood have <laughs> done that already. already. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so again, th- this is all stuff we're going to get into. That sounds but he's amazing, saying man. That you know, a splash pad, a splash yeah. pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a splash pad part in there. So, uh, and, and plus, this would all be built around what is already there. They would use the existing road coming in on fifty one. Obviously, the skate park would stay where it was. The dog park would stay where it was, and then everything has. It, you know, that he's not going to destroy anything that's already there outside of the purchase of the property, which we'll get to in just a minute. But everything else would stay where it is, especially in Renaissance Park. So that's kind of how this, the meeting started. Um, and so, again, the, the, there is a meeting on the 24th to discuss possibly purchasing that land in some form or fashion to add it to what is already owned by the city at Renaissance Park. Brian, you have lived here since you were a kid. Correct. The Lions Club, Saddle Club, Rotary Club have owned the baseball fields, done that. You've heard this for years. Same, field, since same fields I grew up playing exactly. on down there. Same fields you grew up playing. So you've heard there's been meetings in the past. Have you ever heard of a price? Have you ever heard of them actually giving a price to the city? I think that's what we're close to. You know, there was talk about it several years ago, back when my kids were young. Uh, I don't think they ever came up with a price, but I know it was discussed at one point in time because obviously the city can't do improvements sure. to something they don't own. Right, exactly. That, I think that's pretty neat, uh, the possibility there of that getting to that point where we actually hear a price because I've been here for 20 years and never heard a price. Matt, that's, that's correct. I think there's been a couple of clubs that have been reluctant in the past to selling it, uh, but now I think they – the city pressure plus the the wear and tear on that it's been 40 years old and this was built by individuals in the community mm-hmm. uh, 40 years ago mid to late 70s uh, and so this is the same one that's the same bathrooms not that some of this there have been renovations but the same bathroom same field location same light poles I mean you know some of that has been replaced here and there but a lot of it is the same infrastructure and it's just it's it's had its useful life I mean the useful life of that is is over and so again a lot of the dirt settling and stuff like that so that's kind of where we are and that's why they're open to talking about it now. Well, at least it's dirt. Back when I played, it was rocks. And if you slid, you were getting a <laughs> strawberry. You were going to have a nice strawberry on your leg. Yeah. 
that's where we are. So that's that's what this meeting is about. You know, what can we do? May twenty fourth. May twenty fourth is, is that that uh, meeting. So then on Monday night, the first thing that Henry did was like, look, whatever we do, one of the main things that's we need to do is cut a road from fifty one to Robinson Gym. Yes, right. That's the main thing. We have to be able to connect this in some form or fashion all the way across for another outlet. You're not entering and exiting out of one spot. You have to be able to connect the two roads. So what he would call proposal one or project one or a excuse me we'll get to that in just a second but is to cut that through so there'll be a road going all the way through the park another thing he said look this is going to be easy now the road will be expensive but another thing that's easy to do is right now there's one and a half miles of nature trail that runs around Renaissance Park once we finish this it would be right at three miles uh, so again this is not only for I mean it's great for health and on the, all getting outside and getting you know walking and that sort of thing also you could possibly move your 5k races off the road, having to get you know policemen at every corner, paying them overtime to do sure. that on a Saturday, you can just put it in the park. You know, maybe have a couple at the entrances or whatever. But you're running a trail that way, so a lot of th- this park would obviously be used by everybody in the community, not just ball players or stuff like that. So he wanted to make sure that was done. If they move the five Ks, I'll run in them again. There you go. Look at there that. Look, see. Hey, y- y- everybody heard that. Everybody heard that right there. <laughs> uh, um, the inaugural. I'll do it now. He then he. All right. So he had these beautiful map. Beautiful pictures of other parks that could have, you know, here's sure. what this amenity has. Here's what Oxford has for their, you know, whatever. So kind of looking so you can, the, the alderman could kind of see. He said, I'm going to propose this as one large project. However, understand you're not going to be able to afford this as it sits now. So we're going to break this up into bite-sized pieces. So that's kind of what they started talking about. He shot for the moon. That's what he showed him. Well, I mean, that, that's what they asked for. Yeah, they asked for what yes. will the master plan be? I'm going to go ahead and say it. The total price tag as it sits today, okay. $37 million. <coughs> wow. $37 million to build it as it was presented. And, and I'll tell you what that means. But as it was presented. That's a lot of pennies. It's a lot of pennies. <laughs> $37 million. Now, I'm like, um, I don't want to count them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that. to the financing at the end. Um, now, Ooh. one of the key portions of this is moving the saddle club. Okay. Uh, that There have been one in the past that has been reluctant to sit down and really discuss because – it's very you know saddle club is unique. Um, the, you know a lot of people don't want a saddle club next to where they live, and and there's, so there's a lot of issues with that. So they said they wanted to be protected, and what they're looking to do. The first thing he would do is take if the city again all of this is under the assumption the city in some form or fashion acquires the current property. If the city moves the saddle club, they would take it where it is, kind of in the middle of the property now, or where it would sit, to Robinson Gin. They would take it to Robinson Gin on the southern portion. So literally where the, the, the property line for the current ball field stops, that nine acres, the southern nine acres right there in Robinson Gin, that would become the saddle club. They would have their own entrance and exit off of Robinson Gin, would not involve sure, the ball yeah. fields in any – you don't have to go through there or cut through the baseball field to get to the saddle club. No, it would have its own nine acres on the southernmost corner. It's in and out. They can do whatever they want to with that nine acres. Yeah. And it would be kind of a swap. They would give them the land – you know, for taking their land in the right. middle of the property. Well, that would be one of the things they're looking at doing. So it'll be basically where one of the ball fields is now. That is correct. It would be in the where the, the 10-year-old field, I think they call it, in the 10- to 12-year-old field. Right. That, it would be sitting right there where that is. That is correct. Um, and so that's that would be the first thing was having to move it from the central location where it is now over to the southernmost edge of Robinson Gin Road. So when, when they're looking at that, understand that's what this is. So he's not going to discuss this. This yeah. is where they're saying move this. Now let's talk about everything else. Sure. That nine acres is removed from this project. Um, now, what he called Project A was the one they spent a lot of time on. I'm not saying all the aldermen agreed on it, but was to take the road from 51 basically to the border of the current ball fields, so the eastern border. There would be a pod, so it's a, it's a road with a circled pod, and in that circled pod, there would be eight ball fields. So a diamond here, four fields, a diamond here, four fields, parking for 50 spaces per field. 
So 600 or so spaces, that's what they would have. That would be the first. That would take two years to build. And then once, and then as that's being built, they, they continue playing on the current ball sure. fields. Once those are built, then they start playing on the new fields two years later because you have to, have to let the seed sit, the sod sit, and, and, and you know, take hold, all that kind of stuff. They would then raise everything on the current fields, tear them down, all the way down, bring in dirt, level it off, fill in the holes, get all that stuff right. Sure. I've um, been saying that those need to be torn down for years, yeah. that it's not salvageable. No, no. So, and that's – he. Andrew Miller asked, and, I, and he said, hey, look, what would it cost or what would could be done to basically what you said, play on the current fields? He, and he said, well, he said, we didn't really look at that. I mean, I could tell you what that, that project is, but that's, that's tearing it all the way down. To actually fix the fields that are there, we don't have that. I could bring that back to you. And so then Andrew asked you, would it be, in your professional opinion, would it be wise to do so? And Henry said, no. Yeah. He said, he said I mean, the cost alone to redo them, you could basically – Probably do new fields. He said right, you'd exactly. have to you'd have to redrain every field. You'd have to resod every field. You would have to repole every field. He said it's just it's there's no you're putting lipstick. He literally said lipstick on a pig. Yes. There's and then probably more than likely ten years from now you'd have issues again and have to come in and do it again. He said no way. So that was immediately addressed by Andrew Miller, which I appreciate. He's trying to save money, but there's just no the current fields will not work unless you just totally redo them. Nope. Uh, at, at all. Did he, um, did he ask where the scoreboards were that were donated by the crew? <laughs> we are wondering about that. Crew Fernando that, donated uh, two or three scoreboards in our first year of existence. I, I'm afraid somebody may have that at their house, and they just you know they, I, they play I, their I, own backyard game, and they're just flipping scores. Derek, if someone has I that, think I think I saw them at Greg Drumwright's place. <laughs> there now. <laughs> if you could tell me where one of those is, I will I will buy it back for me to have it at my house. At your house. At my house. Um, so awesome. that that that's that's project A again. Fifty parking spaces, which doubles the amount that are out there right now. Right now, he said, well, not quite double. I think they have four hundred uh, as it currently sits. Again, with no striping, uh, no no really good curbs or anything at the current fields. Um, they would have about uh, about one hundred fifty two hundred more spaces than there are now. Now that is phase one. Twelve million dollars. That's baseball. That's baseball, that's baseball only. only. Yes. Okay. Just baseball remember, only. baseball only and the main road getting correct. You yeah. Pretty much two thirds to the way of the property. Okay. okay gotcha. That is about twelve million dollar price Phase tag. One, twelve million. And Got that it. is only baseball. Now he's saying the reason he said I'm not saying you have to do that first, but the reason it would make sense to at least do the road portion first is because it allows you to do everything else. Sure. So if you're coming in 51, south of 51, taking a right into the property, immediately on your left. You know, once you get past the commercial lot that's for sale, right? Immediately on your left would be the uh, a community building, potentially the future parks office, right? Move it from the Gale Center, let the police department take the rest of the Gale Center, move the parks down here. Then it would then you would have three outdoor basketball courts. Mm-hmm. They would have fencing on the both sides of it because there's a ditch that runs on the right, southern end sure. of the property, yes. and then and of course on the opposite side you'd have a fence. Basketball but the, check, okay. Basketball, but the sides would be open. Yep. All right, artwork. Like yeah. you could decorate the courts, you could spray paint it, make it look cool, like you know one of the. Oh, it'll get spray painted. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I just did we put that in the budget? An outdoor, an outdoor court. So you go from one, you go from one basketball city basketball court to four. Yes, yes. After that would be the tennis complex. Yes, tennis complex would have six tennis courts. Yes, uh, and that was what they needed. They need at least in pods or, or you know pods of three to host tournaments. This would basically be two pods, six. So that gives the city ten total. They have four now: Beautiful. two at Conger, two downtown. Now you have six. You could host a tournament like with some offshoot, you know, smaller matches over here, and then bring it to the main ones for the ending matches. But the six allows you to host tournaments. Well, you can only play. You can only play at Conger during the day. Uh, only during the day. That's right. That's I mean, right. That's, but anyway, so that's there's six. 
sixth there, and then p- between the basketball courts and the tennis courts would be a pavilion, yeah. bathrooms, Sounds possible awesome. concession stands, okay. all that sort of thing. All right. So then, again, then it takes you into the, the new ball fields. Now, if you go north of that road, uh, you would have a potential uh, multi-purpose field. Mm-hmm. Now, so that was basically you could practice soccer, you could fly kites, you could have football practices, but just a huge 120-yard regulation soccer field size, maybe right. even a little bigger, but – not striped or anything. Sure. It's just a, a big nice grassy grass. field yeah, that you could play on. North of that would be the potential spot for a splash pad of some sort, okay. kind of up from the dog park, and then up from this multipurpose field would be the splash pad. And then, at the, again, at the very north that would connect to the Williamsbrook subdivision, it would be it kept natural. Yeah. The trees stay. The ridges stay. You're putting in the, uh, like the metal slides into the hills where they can get on there. You're basically, they call it, as you said, backyard play, in nature, but the kids can kind of, besides getting on a slide and sliding down, everything else they construct themselves. There may be like wooden climbing apparatuses and stuff yeah, like sure. that, but they're keeping it in tune where it's not multicolored. Hippie stuff, equipment. Derek. Hippie stuff. Let's let's keep it real. Hippie stuff. We'll say granola. Granola. You granola. Say, call it whatever you want. That's fine. So Nature but, play is backyard play. Yeah. Call it it's, it's hippie granola uh, stuff. It's too. cheap. It's cheap, and you can do it. I hear yeah. you. That's now, fine. I don't around care. that two to three acre site that has all the playground stuff, disc golf. Anywhere okay. from nine to eighteen. I thought you holes. said disco. Like, I, I mean, I'm down with disco. Disc golf. Disc golf. Uh, very huge. Did not know this. We have the largest disc golf distributor in the southeast, located in Hernando. And the park. They're going to give how much to this? Well, I, that's that was a possibility. Hello. Uh, obviously, Hello? obviously, private financing. Obviously we're not going to mention their names. Uh, their yes. names. No, on we're the not. Show. No, yeah. we're not doing that. But that was. Did not know that. Sure. Uh, so obviously, you could tie into that. And there is a huge. You know, Horn Lake has a great. Uh, disc golf course up in their city, uh, at a, uh, was it Latimer Park. They do a great job up there. Now let's get to cost. All right, we mentioned it was $37 million. We mentioned that the, uh, the $12 million for the first phase. They then said, okay, what about the other parks? Let's talk about Kirkendall Park. You mentioned a multipurpose field. We already have a multipurpose field. What can be done? Like, just give us price tag. They're paying them to do this. All right, so the price tag for Kirkendall Park, what could be redone? What do you suggest? First of all, ornamental iron fence all the way around it. I don't know if you've been out there. Once yeah. they tore it down, the fence is gone. Yeah. Ornamental iron fence all the way around, $165,000. Overhaul of the existing field drainage and adding new sod to, obviously, the football field, $300,000. Light poles, $250,000. So that would basically get the field where it needs to be. Now, they said, what about the parking lot? Parking's terrible. They do not own that. The city does not own that. That is owned by the School Board of Education, uh, who has decided to keep the parking lot and the grassy field above that. I think y'all yeah. practiced soccer on there before probably. That is owned by the county, owned by the, the county school board. They were not selling the field. The city is asked to buy the field. They currently – the city leases it right now for a dollar to Kirk, allow Kirk sports to – pri- or the the, 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 the grassy, grassy knoll. Oh, we'll call yeah. it the grassy knoll. Yeah, sure. They they uh they rent the grassy knoll for a dollar a year to allow teams to practice on it and to take the liability from that. But they will not sell it. School board as uh, plans for future building expansion there. Hernando High School. <laughs> not, <laughs> not there. Um, and then the parking lot, of course, is adjacent to that, right, so they sure. don't they're not going to sell that either. Sure. So um the the parking's not a thing we can do about the parking lot, but they can get the field right. If they want to, that's this is now, the old track, everybody. The, the old, old track. track. The other one are the soccer fields. Mm-hmm. All right, now we need we need a price tag for this. This is a possibility. Now the city has already in the process of asphalting the soccer complex in five phases. The curbs were going yeah. in. I was out there yesterday, and they've started putting in the curbs already. Well, really a little bit of a cluster right now, but there's heading towards the right thing. Yeah, it's good. Well, and they're actually. The grassy part where there wasn't any field where people would always park, that's going to be a parking lot that's as correct. well. That's correct. So, they moved to that. That makes sense. Yeah. They parked there anyway. Yeah, they're, they're basically, <laughs> I think what they include was the curb and gutter all the way to the T. Yeah. 
Um, and then they're going to asphalt what, what Brian just mentioned all the way to the T. So yep. that, that's phase one. There's five phases of this. It sounds like they're going to try to do a phase a year. So the next five years it'll take to actually fully pave the entire soccer complex. But that is where they are. So that's already that's outside of this. That's being done by the city in the yep. normal yes. budget, no, normal yes. parks budget. What it costs to do the rest of it. So the first they called phase two. All right, phase two lighting. Uh, that would be the two fields when you come in on the left. Sure. Uh, and then the, the field next to concession stands, $1.4 million. The larger field, I guess, you know, that's already been done. All right, the other large field, $380,000. And then the ones the, all the way at the end, the, they used to be the small fields. I don't think they use them much anymore. They used to be the used six yeah, fields. They're afterthoughts now. Yeah, uh, those would be the last fields done, uh, and that is $340,000 to light those. So that gets all the fields lit. Uh, the parking course is being done by the uh, city over the years. So other than that, the fields are decently shaped. The only other thing mentioned was fencing. Uh, he did not have a price for the fencing because, I mean, do you want to go just normal chain link at three foot just to keep the balls from rolling out? Do you want to go ornamental, tall, have designated walk-in areas like, like FNC Park does? Yes. Again, all different prices. He's going to yes. come back with, for that with them, but just didn't really know the direction they wanted to go for that. So he'll have that you know, in future I meetings. wanted to go chain link because that gives us three years of shows. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, that gives us three years of jokes we can make for, for um, chain link fence. So, again, so they, t- they talked about all that. Now, back to the – so that is – again, that's a lot more discussion on that. Please go to the YouTube Monday yeah, night, it, find yes. it, watch, watch it. it. All that said, okay, how much do you think we can do – you know, with the with the first, you know, what what kind of plan should, do we need to should try to pennies sell to for the, the park pass? Right. What can we do if it passes? Or what plan do we need to try to right, sell correct. to get it to pass? Yes, yes. Argument is, if you do the the, the current one was twelve million dollars. Basically, what we can afford is somewhere around ten million dollars with the first. What they expect from the the mayor said at the Senate has already told them you should be able to get at least in the Senate being the state. The state uh, revenues already told them you should already have uh, get about five hundred thousand dollars just from restaurants. The bill says restaurants and prepared food. Correct. So the 500000 annually does not include the biscuits or the uh, egg station, rolls, gas station anything stuff. at the gas stations, any of the prepared food at Kroger, right. any of the prepared food at Walmart does not include any of that. That is now going to be included in this money. So you know, the, the mayor said conservatively yeah. that may be almost – double what the restaurants bring in because people buy three meals a day at gas stations right. they don't do that at restaurants when they're going through it's people traveling through town and yep. so forth like I, I pulled up the other day and guys from the awg building were out the door buying yeah. biscuits and chicken and stuff like that well the i don't know if you've been to the one over here on 51 and oak grove it's got some legit lunch food there yeah. oh absolutely yeah so, so none of that's included right now in their projections right. it Prepared will be food. included as part of the park. So he said conservatively, I mean, it could be as high as a million, conservatively $750,000 a year. That's what they're projecting uh, from the penny for the parks. And that's about a $10 million bond. Okay. So $10 million bond, that's 20 year AM, about three to 4% uh, on a municipal bond. That's the numbers they use to get to the $10 million. So with that $10 million, you could get close to putting in the road, putting in the eight fields. Andrew Miller said, what about everybody else? Yep. What about the tennis players? What about the basketball players? What about um, anybody that wants a splash pad? What about any of that? You know, how are they going to vote for this if it's just for baseball and softball? Right. And that a very good point. I think Natalie uh, Lynch also said the same thing. Is like, hey, we don't do we necessarily want to concentrate just on baseball? Um, you know, and so there was a lot of good questions, a lot of back and forth on that. Now they kind of know an amount they can do. What is the right plan? Is it building the road? Maybe using the current ballparks and putting in everything else? Maybe tennis courts and the basketball you could get for $10 million. Don't know. That's that's future discussions. So, But it's good to know the amount. They know the amount, projected amount that they can bring in. Um, and, you know, they do have 
a look at what a project could cost in Project A, but again, not saying that they're going to pick that. The mayor reiterated, the money can only be used for capital expenditures because two big questions came up toward the end of the meeting. Number one, this only pays to put it in. How do we fund new personnel every year? Right, we're going to have to have more newer, more, more workers, personnel, right? More nicer, workers. nicer mowing and yeah. You got to buy, buy well, new equipment. I mean, you know, Hernando's grown substantially, and the numbers of kids playing baseball and softball at Hernando drops every year right now. Once that goes in, those numbers should go the other way, and you raise in revenue there from dues and fees and all that to help pay for. So you hope that the budget goes right, up, exactly. right? That the parks budget goes up, and so that was kind of mentioned. But but that's right. You'll have to hire more people. You'd have to have more grass cutters. You'll have to whatever you do, or if you outsource the grass cutting, it's going to cost more if you have more fields. So that all was in, was taken into place. The quick, next, hey, quick question. Yeah, yeah. Quick question. Back circling back to the ball fields. Obviously, they're talking about grass and dirt fields. Did was there any talk about artificial turf? turf yeah. Because yes. a lot of the parks are going to that now. Yes, uh, actually, that was brought up, and, and Henry brought that up. He said, "Look, artificial turf is an option. It's obviously more expensive on the front front end, yes. but uh, that's you don't have the rain outs. You can play through stuff. You, you know, if you're having a tournament, you can actually keep the tournament going through the rain, et cetera, et cetera. The points you just mentioned, uh, Snowden's done it, F and C's done it. Uh, so this is a huge thing. What he quoted was grass fields." Uh, he said, now, grass fields are forever. I mean, you have to replace the sod sometimes. Yeah, but if you maintain them, they're forever. Turf fields are great. Turf fields give you that revenue. But you have, if you have it, you got to book the tournaments. Because if you don't get the tournaments in here to pay for it, they do have to be replaced every 10 years. It's not the same as the initial cost because the rock bed that's underneath them doesn't have to be replaced. Right. I'm very flattened and regraded. But the, the turf on top every 10 years has to be replaced. That is an ongoing cost that the grass fields do accumulate over time in fertilizer and grass cutting. So you're going to have to look at the, the cost analysis as, okay, what are we paying for grass cutting and fertilizer here over the next 10 years versus having to come in 10 years from now and replace this? Sure. That's one of the things they have to look at. But it was mentioned, yes. And uh, and he did have a cost assigned to that. The maps were put up on the screen on YouTube pretty largely so you could see it of the different phases. Um, they did not put the cost up there. So I can't tell you exactly how much that line item was. The other big issue that was at the end of the meeting, and I could stop after this or if y'all have any other questions, was – traffic doc harris was like i'm for this project i don't know if i'm for where it is now we know that it's it was given to the city and it's very free and you cannot beat free and henry said hey man nobody has this in the middle of a city free free, free land um, yeah. but doc said look getting to 51 now is a nightmare oak grove is a nightmare you know when ball and doc you know andrew miller said i know when ball games in because they end about an hour every 15 minutes i see them coming out of the yeah, sure. man you see you know when it's happening sure if you then expand this thing, if you start having tournaments, you know, yeah, you could. The locals can use Slocum. The the locals can go up to maybe two lane and cut down and cut over. You know, there may we may know what to do. People coming in for the tournaments are going to use Commerce of Fifty One. Can we handle that traffic? No, no. Well, and the so, answer the answer is no, and will always be no. We can't it, handle the traffic we got now it, on it, Commerce, right? So that it, literally, whether we added, we could build a major league baseball park. We can't handle that traffic. We can't handle the traffic we have now. Yeah, it's so, it's literally almost a build it they will come type situation. That's what we're headed towards. Everyone wants to move to Hernando, Mississippi, and, and which is a great thing. And <laughs> we don't have. Parks. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Yeah, we talked about that. But um, the, the so there was a question. One of the aldermen may have a connection to talk about another spot. They don't. They, he wasn't prepared to say anything about it. They haven't gone very down the road. Gotcha. But the, the the I guess the point was, should we move it to 
and they, this was not said, but I think this was the kind of pond. Should we move it to a field house type location? Yeah. Should we get it closer right to an interstate? An exit, right, yeah. right off an exit where it's you could see it and it sells itself, yeah, sure, but yeah. also get people in and out of there. You know, uh, so that's a thought. That's, um, thought. that's not what this discussion is about. That's not what the meeting May twenty fourth would be about. That is another thought. Uh, they have um, so that was kind of the, how they ended it. They're going to leave. Henry's leaving all this stuff with them. They can digest it. Their next meeting. They try to do the next meeting during the regular meeting next Tuesday. Henry's going to be out of town, so they moved it now to Monday, May twenty third. Will be the next meeting. Parks only. Right. Monday, May twenty third sure. at six p.m. Parks only meeting uh, to continue this conversation. Henry will have some more information, and then and they'll also be the night before they meet about the ball fields to decide if that's what they want to do, you know, kind of have their public discussion about, are we, do we want to move forward with this or are we going to really look for another location? And the meeting ended. I'm sure in the next few minutes we're going to talk a little bit about how to stage a house or how to what's the best thing to do when it comes to the outside of your home to get ready to sell when we visit more with Brian. But, Brian, before we get there, uh, if you're in need of help when it comes to curb appeal, you need to reach out to our longtime sponsor, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's tree trimming, leaf removal, spring cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, anything on the outside of your home or office, call Richard. Let him come by. Take a look at the project. Take a look at what you need. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. No one is better than Richard Williams and his team with Williams Services located right here in Hernando. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Also brought to you by DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Derek, that, that all sounds awesome, and, and like you said just a, a moment ago, um, or I made a joke a moment ago, was uh, so many people are wanting to move into DeSoto County, into the Hernando area. Uh, I was on a chat room, I, I'm, I'm in like a, an Ole Miss chat room, and somebody said, hey, I'm moving to North Mississippi, looking at Hernando or, or Germantown, Tennessee, or whatever, and, and Hernando was the 
the entire topic. It would, and uh, housing is part of that. And that Brian, that's why you're here uh, as our presenting sponsor. We definitely appreciate you. But uh, I say it all the time in our ad, nobody's going to have the analytics and the numbers better than you and Terry. So let's jump right into housing in Hernando, in the Lewisburg area. I'm going to give you the floor. What do things look like for this area right now? Well, we'll start with Lewisburg because that's kind of the way you always go yeah, sure. is Lewisburg, then Hernando. Uh, the market has been obviously red hot. Everybody knows that. I won't speculate as to what's going to happen in the market going forward because, you know, when COVID hit, I thought the market was done and it's done the opposite. So, uh, but numbers are steady on the rise. Prices are steady going up. You know, how long that sustains itself, I don't know. Are builders catching up? Yes. Uh, they're, they're, well, there's still not much inventory. Okay, not much and inventory. that's kind of what I'm going to, like Lewisburg right now. And of course, so your audience knows we are recording this on a Thursday. So the <laughs> numbers smart won't, like everybody. Yeah, the, smart the numbers Alec. won't be the same tomorrow or Friday when y'all are listening to this show because it is a Thursday recording. I know y'all don't know Point that. Point taken. Point taken. Uh, but as of today, there are 16 new homes on the market in Lewisburg. Wow. That's new construction. Yeah, sure. That are active. And of those, most of them are probably not ready. Right. You know, they're probably 50% done, 75% done. Uh, the average price of those new homes that are listed is Three fifty nine nine hundred. Actually, excuse me. That's the low price. Is three fifty nine nine hundred of the new homes that are on the market. So what that tells you is there is no starter home market anymore. Yeah, sure. And it's, it's bypassed it, it, that. Yeah, Hernando and Lewisburg do wow. not have a starter home wow. market. What's that per square foot? If you don't mind me asking, well, what are we that's, looking at? Uh, that that house actually is twenty one hundred and four square feet. The average price per square foot on the new construction of those sixteen homes. Is listed at hundred and seventy one dollars a foot, which is an all time high in DeSoto County. Correct. Period. Correct. Okay, we are at an all time high. Yeah. Well, and you got to understand too. You know, there's some that are cheaper that yeah. are bringing that number down. There's some that are up in the hundred and eighties, hundred nineties, where just a few years ago we were barely over a hundred dollars a foot. When you sat down with us, Brian, a year ago, we were we were. We were joking, making uh, comments off air about 140 bucks. I think when I came in, actually, it was about a year and a half ago, I think, because it was around November, December. Yeah, right. November of 2020. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, y'all questioned because we thought the numbers were higher. And when I pulled the numbers, they were right around 125 right. to $130 yeah. a foot. Wow. So in a year and a half, we've gone up that much. There's actually 16 active existing homes on the market in Lewisburg as well right now. So that's 32 homes that are for sale. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. With yeah. thousands of people wanting to move here. <laughs> 32 homes active on the market. The average list, uh, excuse me, the lowest price on the market, even of existing homes, is 335900 Wow. And that's a 2,280 square foot house. All right. This year in Lewisburg School District, so January through May. Today. Yeah, today. Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> uh, there's been 46 new homes sold year to date. Uh, the low one. It was below three hundred thousand. Right. It was two hundred and ninety eight nine hundred. So basically, three hundred is your threshold if you want to buy a house sure. in Lewisburg or Hernando. Like you said, the starter in the Lewisburg school district, the starter home, the one fifty to two fifty range is over. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Wow, amazing. That house was eighteen hundred and ninety square feet. Right. Uh, the average sales price on new homes in Lewisburg four thirty five four hundred and thirty five thousand, and that was uh, the average square footage is twenty seven eighty. Uh, the average price on a new home was $158 a foot on what sold. So now you see we're at 170 on the ones that are active now, and the average has been 158 And, you know, obviously that number gets skewed because sure. you have some selling cheaper. Um, well, that's also uh, issues with appraisals right now. Uh, appraisals are having a hard time catching up. Appraisals can use 
any homes between three and six months old, right, for their comps. So that if you buy a house three months ago, six months ago, it may be a 158 house, and now it's selling for 170. They can't get it to appraise for 170, and so they're having to either negotiate the price down if the builder accepts it, or having to bring more cash to the closing. Is the price higher because the Hernando Lady Tiger softball team owns Lewisburg now? <laughs> oh, or no? No. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not even going there. <laughs> I'm not even going there because I have friends. I have kid, <laughs> friends that have. I know, but that was a joke, of course, so we like to kid. But anyway, but they have set up real estate in Lewisburg. Well, and what you see, to, <laughs> to, to, your, to what you're talking about, Derek, what's helping the prices get up with the appraisers is in a certain price point, you don't see it much over 400000 but when a house between three hundred and three fifty is on the market, you have so many people competing oh, yeah. for that house that people are offering to pay above appraisal in their offers. And that's where a good agent can help you, whether it's me or, you know, there's 1,200 agents running around DeSoto County, and a lot of them are brand-new agents. You know, if you ask any agent that's been in the business for 10 years, we don't know half the agents that are running around anymore. Um, and they may not necessarily have, you know, I list a lot of homes, so I see what kind of offers are coming in. So when I'm writing an offer for a buyer, it helps me to know what I need, how we need to word our offer to get it more attention. You know, not necessarily that we're going to get it, because right. especially in that price range, you're competing with 10-plus offers yes. almost on every house, so you got a 10% chance of your client getting it, but you want your offer to stand out above the others, because when, when I'm listing a house and I get these multiple offers, if I've got 10 offers on a house, let's say, usually two or three stand out, and so when I meet with my sellers, I'm like, all right, let's take these seven, get the noise out of the way, and let's concentrate on these three and figure out which one is the best one to go with. Um, and back to what we were talking about, it's almost identical on existing home sales. There's been 44 existing home sales in Lewisburg. So that tells you from the inventory n numbers, 44 and 46, and there's only 16 and 16 available, the inventory is very low. Uh, the lowest price sold for a steal for an absolute steal uh, of an existing home was $215,000. But do you know what size house that was? 1,200 square feet. 1,350 yeah. square yeah. feet. The average price of an existing home sale is $411,000 in Lewisburg. And that's $150 a foot on average. And average days on market is 18. Now, that number is very skewed because what you have in the market right now is – Obviously, the prices are crazy, but you have some people that are getting real crazy on their asking prices. Yeah. And if you do that, if you do that, you're not selling. Right. You know, sure. So there are houses that have been sitting out there that are skewing that sale number until they drop their price and get it in line. I've had a couple like that that I've listed where I'm like, hey, you're the boss. I'll you know list it at that. And I think, think we should be at this. But if we don't get activity, if you're not getting activity in the first week, right. you know we missed the boat. And then they'll make the adjustment and we sell it. Yes. Right. That pretty much covers the Lewisburg market. Moving on to Hernando. Uh, right now in Hernando, there's 13 existing active homes on the market. <laughs> 13. 13. There's one house at 230000 At Gale Street. On Gale Street, I yes. I saw that. Correct. There you go. Correct. And I do know that it has multiple offers on it. I'm they sure haven't it does. Accept, they haven't accepted one yet as of the Thursday. So by Friday, they may be gone. But uh, <laughs> it, it's only 1,450 square feet. Uh, the next lowest house for sale in Hernando right now is $345,000 at an average of $148 a foot. New construction in Hernando Right now, there is 21 active new homes. 346,900 is the low. 
and the average is 168 a foot of what's on the market. So just under what Lewisburg is. And that's pretty much a trend. I could have told you that without even pulling the numbers. You know, the way DeSoto County goes is Lewisburg and Hernando are one and two as far as where people want to be right now in school districts. You know, then it probably goes DeSoto Central Center Hill. Now, with the new high school coming in a few years, and y'all talking about back to the whole thing with the ballparks and all that, tendencies are when a new school opens, because when I first got into this business, everybody wanted DeSoto Central. Yes. Right. Then Lewisburg opened, everybody wanted Lewisburg. When Hernando High School opens, Hernando's probably going to be, yeah. you know, where people want to be. In Hernando this year, there has been 62 new homes sold. Uh, the average price of those, 379000 at one hundred fifty-two dollars a foot, two ninety was the low of a new construction. So there again, just like Lewisburg, the under three hundred market just does not exist. Right. Hernando's also had seventy-three existing homes sold this year. The average price three thirty-four six hundred. Uh, that's one hundred forty-six dollars a foot, and the average size was twenty-three hundred and forty square feet. And the but, think aver- about, but think about that. That's almost 20 homes a month of existing houses that sell in Hernando. Just Hernando. Yeah, correct. 20 houses a month. That's existing. Not even new. Right. That's incredible. Well, and, you know, the new you've got several. If you drive around, you know we've got several subdivisions fixed to come online. Oh, yeah. you got you got the one Burke's doing out there that's going to be super yeah. nice. Short Fork Farms that's going to be a really nice development. Dale Wilson's got several things going on. Mark Utley. I saw Junior, that they've yeah. started building houses right there in East Lake. I think it's called yes. right there off of uh, by the, Hillier Road. In the county, but it's right it's there. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, but yeah, still Hernando right. School sure. District. Of course, right. yes. And I pulled all, all these numbers that I pulled for Lewisburg and Hernando are based off school districts. So they're yes. not necessarily in the city limits of Hernando. And our average days on market in Hernando? Three. Ten days. Wow. But there again, you're accurate in what you're saying. Most homes are one, two, three yeah, days sure. on the market, no more than a week. Right. You have few that are skewing that number so and as you get to a certain price point too it's not crazy i tell people really the 400 and over market is not as crazy as the under 400 market one thing to keep in mind too and everybody's talked about it you see it all over hernando happenings and everywhere else about these investment companies buying up houses from what i can tell their magic number, I don't know their analytics of what their criteria is, but they've bought several houses that I've had for sale. In fact, I've sold them two in the last month, and both sales were 325000 So it's like they're competing with the buyers up to three twenty-five. And one of the houses they bought for me, I had listed at two ninety, and they came in three twenty-five cash offer, you know, no appraisal. A, a normal it's buyer a, can't compete changing, with that. They're changing the world. You know, and, yeah. and your sellers, even though they don't want to sell to those companies, right, sure. they have they're to. $20,000 better than the other offer. They have to. I mean, the honest answer is you love your neighbors, but right. <laughs> I love the $20,000 more. Exactly, and that's yeah. what happens. You know, and that's what's happening right now. Yeah, of course. And you see some subdivisions trying to change their rules about that. Yep. My neighborhood did it a couple years ago where now they can't buy in our neighborhood. No rentals. No, well, no, you could, and it, it's retroactive. Oh, it's see, not yeah. retroactive. Okay. If I wanted to rent you my house tomorrow, I can't all day long. Right. But if I sell it to you, you can't rent it. Oh, the, next, the next person who buys it cannot, cannot rent, rent it. it. That's Wonderful. Right. Okay. And that's, that's the way you combat it. But sure. you obviously have to have a certain percentage of yeah, your of HOA to agree to it. You our have to go our through, neighborhoods in the process are looking at that right now. Very interesting. Yes. Okay. And I mean, you have to go through the whole process of re-recording covenants to change them. Yes. And our neighborhood was proactive a couple years ago and did that. One thing to keep in mind going forward is obviously 
again, we don't have a crystal ball of what's going to happen with numbers, but Derek can comment on this as well. You know, we've gone in just a couple months' time from interest rates that were in the low twos that as of airing or as of us taping this on Thursday, the rates today for a conventional 30-year loan are at 5.5% today. That is the highest we've been since 2009. So at some point, that's going to start to affect what somebody can pay for a house. You know, these people that are paying $350,000 for a starter home, at what point does it become where they don't qualify for three fifty anymore? And so, you know, that's the kind of the catch of what, how's this going to affect the market long term? You know, uh, FHA 30-year loan is still below 5%. It's at four seven five today. Those are still historically low rates if you look over time. Yeah. I mean, when I built my house in 2008, I locked in at 6.5% and was ecstatic right, because sure. they had been above 7 So, um, you know, it's, it's all relative, but at some point, the buying power is going to not be there for yeah. some of the buyers. And I think that um – you know, I've read the analysis. They've right now. You'll. And I've had a couple builders say, "Hey, you know, what's going on? What should I expect? What, you know, what are y'all hearing? What are your, you know, what is your bank telling you?" They're not telling us anything. I mean, we, you know, we're basically reading the market on our own. I mean, they give us some stuff, but I mean, they're not going to. In no way are we ever going to give financial advice like that uh, to somebody. But what the comments are that I've been reading is two things. Number one, next sixty or ninety days is still going to be blowing and going yep. because people have rate locks. So, like, if you have a rate lock in that high threes low fours and you're still working on your 60 to 90 day like you're going to make sure that thing closes yeah, sure. like you're not going to lose that rate lock so there'll be a lot of people really pushing the builders or whoever or the sellers to get hey, i got to close this before this date so i think the next 60 to 90 days you're going to see those rate locks coming through nobody's going to lose that deal it's way now it's way too expensive to lose that deal so they're going to get those done now once that happens at five percent you see slowdown which i think you know you may start seeing that a little bit right now what everybody says is that when this, when if it gets to six percent, if the thirty year gets to six percent, that's when it's going to be like, you may start seeing some breaks, yeah. screeching, but start hitting that, you know, well, okay, which now is, what am I doing? Is, which is okay. It, it's an okay historical rate, but when this this whole generation now, the last ten or twelve years, has seen nothing but threes. Cheap money, bro. Like I mean, it's free money basically. Yeah, cheap yeah, money. So three percent. So three percent. So they literally have doubled their rate in two months. People like that's that's going to hit them, and so I think that's sick. They're watching like five and a half. You're still in sales. You still have multiple offers at six percent. People are going to be like, I can't qualify anymore. I'll wait to sit this out. Let me see if this recession hits, rates come back down. I'll come back in the market then. You'll start having those people ask those questions. That's what the experts are saying. Well, and everything I've read is predicting a correction next year, not this year. Now after November, yeah, <laughs> after <laughs> November's election, but absolutely, uh, you know. There's no way to predict when that's going to happen. Right. Obviously, there's going to be a correction at some point. That's just whether it's the stock market, the housing market, whatever it is. We've gone at such a fast incline, just like the numbers we just talked about did, you know, from a year and a half ago to where we are now, that you have to have a correction. Now, are we going to have a correction like we had in 2008? I don't think so. Well, inventory, it's a different, inventory is not complete. There. Well, yeah. and it's a completely different environment. Nobody, you know, you had in 2008, you had all these people that made whatever they made, $20,000 a year buying $400,000 houses because they were buying them on a stated income yep. loan and a balloon note. And so when it came time to refinance and prices had dropped, they had a, you know, after three years they had to refinance. They couldn't refinance. 
They couldn't. They, you know, it, the house wouldn't appraise for what they owed on it, and so then you started seeing them all just give them back. Rates reset. The rates right. reset. Right. Now. And you don't have those anymore. You don't have those type loans anymore. The other thing I'll say to interest rates going up. The last time this happened, and I've forgotten what year it was where they went up because we had gotten down into the 18. fours. It was in 2018. Well, no, I'm talking back even before then, back before the market crash in 2008. Even before that crash, we had had low rates and they got up above seven. Like when I said when I built my house yep. in 0708. The market slowed down for a short period of time because of the shock, but then people started buying again. So there's always that. Yeah, you will have a slowdown because of the interest rates, but people get over that shock factor and they buy a house because they need to buy a house. Right. So final question, Brian. I know uh, we got a couple other parts of the show that we got to do, uh, but one more question. If somebody, you know, buying a house, you kind of talked about that, multiple offers, you got to put your best foot forward, and, and that's kind of that's going to be in, probably income constrained, a couple other things. But for sellers, what is the most important one or two things they can do? As you said, some people ask way over market, you know, trying to get that price. If you say, you know what, you may have a shot to get what you're asking for. What's the one or two things that they can do for their house to maybe get that, what everybody else would say is a crazy asking price to maybe get close to getting that done? Well, the biggest thing is if you're trying to get the top dollar is to make sure your house is move-in ready. I mean, don't give somebody a reason to walk in and go, wow, they want this price, and i got to come in here and do this, this, and this. Yeah. Now, there don't, are people – They don't want people to see renovations. Well, there are people buying those right, houses. Sure. I mean, you know, you're not having to do repairs yeah. right now. I mean, most buyers are not asking the seller to do re right. repairs. But if you want that extra money, you need to spend a little bit of money. You know, spending a couple grand to get your house ready may get you 10 more grand when you sell it in this market right now. Right. Existing homes are competing against new construction. The paint you want, the granite you want, the uh, appliances you want, all those different things make your house, you know, choose to live in the house of your dreams for a couple of years if you're going to sell it. I mean, that kind of well, stuff. Well, and the other thing I would say, the second thing is curb appeal. Yeah. People will get the inside house of the inside of the house looking right. great. It doesn't matter if you don't have good <laughs> curb appeal. Right. What percentage of buyers didn't even come look at it because they looked at your picture online and your bushes needed trimming, you had weeds in your yard, you know. That's a first impression is the exterior of the house. 100%. I mean, just like we talk, we joke all the time about uh, DeSoto Family Dental Care. We, you know, senior pictures. We joke all the time about Curb Appeal, William Services, which we'll recognize here shortly. That's all the stuff that, that Brian and Terry and the realtors at Team Couch with Team Couch are going to tell you. They help you. Look, that's what they do. It's now a passion of theirs. Um, that's what they do for a living. Like I say it all the time, full-time, full-service realtors, ready to help you anytime you need them. Brian, thanks for coming in, spending some time with us, sitting down with us here at the podcast. We'll see you in the fall when it's another six-month uh, situation. Let's talk about real estate in the fall. Well, I appreciate you and Derek having me in and uh, always like coming and being a part of the show. And again, you can call Brian and Terry at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or call Brian on his cell phone. It has rung several times since he's been sitting with us. 901-461-SOLD. That's 7653-SOLD. S-O-L-D. Brian, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. As we just talked about, a wonderful community is what people are excited about and thinking about when it comes to Lewisburg and Hernando, uh, the Hernando and Lewisburg areas when it comes to real estate. And part of that is wonderful amenities and things to do on the weekends. And one of the best things to do in Hernando every Saturday from April 1st through the end of October is our newest sponsor, the Hernando Farmer's Market. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, 
It's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh local experience. Located on the historic Hernando Square every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, that's 8 to 1 on the historic Hernando Square. Over 40 vendors come to the Hernando Square every Saturday morning. Davis Meat Company, Precision Sharp, Moon Lake Pecans, Jones Orchard, Brown Dairy Farms. Those are just some of the vendors that are there every Saturday ready to serve you at the Hernando Farmer's Market, one of the best farmer's markets in the Mid-South, definitely one of the best in the state of Mississippi. Welcome back to the UTW Podcast, the Hernando Farmer's Market. Sunday, May 22nd, North Point Christian School will have its next Preview the Point for lower school grades, senior kindergarten through sixth grade. The event will be at 2 p.m., and will give prospective families an opportunity to tour the school and meet with administration to see if North Point Christian School is the right fit for your family. Grades are quickly filling up with upper school and preschool grades having wait lists, so they encourage you to register for this event quickly by calling Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon, 662-349-5127. North Point Christian School is excited that so many families are looking to Christian education. They have had an influx of new students over the last two years and continue to see excitement for 2022-2023. Don't delay. Call and register today. Are you in the market for a new insurance agent? If so, contact one of our newest sponsors, Holland Insurance. Located in South Haven but ready to serve anyone here under the water tower, Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland are ready to work for you. Working with companies such as Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna, Nationwide, Liberty Mutual, Progressive, some of the largest insurance companies in the world, trust Holland Insurance to represent them in DeSoto County. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. If you possess a Mississippi insurance license and are considering a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance, give Bruce or Jerry a call, again, at 662-895-5528. If you're looking to make a change, possibly join one of the fastest-growing insurance companies in the Mid-South. Thank you again to one of our newer sponsors, Holland Insurance. Always a fun interview or opportunity to sit down with Brian and visit, learn more about real estate uh, each time he sits down with us. Not because he's our presenting sponsor, uh, Derek, but he is a, one of the best real estate. You and I have known him for a long, long time. Uh, real estate has become his passion. Just does a really good job at it. Something else, Derek, he's a really good dad. He goes to all the sporting events, to, supports all the local teams. As we record this on a Friday morning, he was there last night for all eight innings of the Hernando Lady Tigers softball game. Uh, it is playoff time in DeSoto County. If you're listening to our show on Friday, tonight the Hernando Lady Tigers go for the North Half Championship at 6 o'clock. Uh, a particular guy that records a podcast um, on this show that you listen to every week will be doing the announcing. Will be uh, I'll just say DJing. Derek, I'll just go ahead and say that. It's going to be that. one heck of a party. I'm going to tell you that. Really looking forward to that. But before we talk about that and what happened last night, which Brian was texting both of us about how wild the night had gotten, actually had some kids thrown out and stuff like that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the North Point Lady Trojan softball team and baseball team are both still alive. What you got? Since our last show, the Lady Trojans faced off against Trinity Christian in the loser's bracket of the regional tournament. The Lady Trojans were down 3-1 to one in the fifth when they get seven runs to take an 8-3 to three lead in the sixth inning. Unfortunately, they gave up that and more in the sixth, 14 runs total in the bottom of the sixth, to lose 17-8. to eight. Sailor Cole led the team with three RBIs. With the loss, they finished third in the region and will host game one of the state playoffs against the four seed from the East region, Davidson Academy, today 
again Friday, today at 2.30 p.m. Now, Tennessee is different than Mississippi. I, I, would, I would say it's very different. Very different. The I can't top, even catch up on everything. The top four seeds from the different regions make the state playoffs plus the next best four teams. Oh, my gosh. So it's a sweet 16, basically. Yeah. Those 16 uh, seeds make up the state playoffs, and the goal was to make it to the Final Four, where it then becomes a double elimination tournament. It starts over almost. Yeah, yeah so good luck to the Lady Trojans this afternoon as they – officially have entered the state the, the final 16 the state playoffs for the uh, Tennessee 2A softball now moving to Trojan baseball the baseball team has been busy since our last show very busy they had won three games won the winner's bracket with the winner against ECS on Tuesday going automatically to the championship game and the loser having to go into the loser's bracket and try to fight their way back out in that game North Point was down to their fourth pitcher in the rotation while ECS was able to throw their ace that showed as the Trojans fell 8-2 to two to the Eagles, James Smith had the RBIs off of a home run, and Hudson Brown was 2-3 for three in the loss. That meant they fell to the loser's bracket to face Trinity Christian the next day on Wednesday at 3 p.m., with that winner having to turn around and face ECS again and beat them twice for the championship. With a little caveat, all of those games had to be played on Wednesday. The uh, the third-place team will have to immediately play on Friday. J.D. Eichert got the start for the Trojans and goes five innings, giving up four runs as the Trojans' bats heat up and the Trojans win 10-6, to giving Trinity Christian that number three seed. Jackson Thomason was three for five. James Smith was three for five with six RBIs. Jay Ferguson was two for two. And Connor McNatt had two RBIs. The Trojans then had to play at 6 p.m. against ECS, in the championship, again, had to win twice, and turned to ninth grader K.L. Farr, who had pitched for the JV team but had never started a varsity game. All he does is go five innings, giving up one run, and the 13-3 win over ECS in six innings. Farr was also 2-4 for four at the plate with an RBI. Hudson Brown was 3-4 for four with three RBIs. Spencer Haley was 2-2 two two with three RBIs. And Jay Ferguson had three RBIs. That meant the Trojans had to turn around 30 minutes later and play a third game in less than six hours at 8.45 p.m. to try to beat ECS again for the regional championship. The number one seed would get the bye and the rest until either Monday or Tuesday, while the loser would get the two seed and would have to play on Saturday somehow away, even though you're the two seed. Oh, my. Coach Kirkpatrick gambled again, going with J.B. Williams, who has had shoulder problems and has not pitched since the first couple weeks of the year. All J.B. does is go six innings with four strikeouts and does not give up a run. Leading 4-0 in the seventh, Coach Kirkpatrick went to his ace, James Smith, to close out the game, which he did in order to secure the 4-0 victory. The West Regional Championship and a spot in the quarterfinals of the state tournament. Again, they get a bye, so they skip the Sweet 16 straight to the Elite Eight. Coach Kirkpatrick was named the region in, uh, co- Region's Coach of the Year. James Smith was the Regional Finals Tournament MVP. And Hudson Brown, J.D. Eichert, K.L. Farr, J.B. Williams, and Jackson Thomason were all named to the all-tournament team. Congrats on another banner of Trojans and rest up waiting for the next opponent. We'll talk about that game on our Tuesday show. 
the nice lady who works with me here at uh, Mobile Car and Van Rental. Her grandson is J.D. Eichert. Congratulations, J.D., on uh, winning the West Region or being part of that all-tournament team. And uh, what a heck of a day. Had to win three games, which is brutal, That's long, so brutal. three seven-inning games in high school ranks. is very, very tough. I mean, kids do it all the time, but they're playing four or five innings, you know, when they're little. Just brutal. And uh, just I mean, they play 21 innings in about, uh, what, is that nine – 10 hours. Right. I asked my brother, I said, did they change uniforms? He said, no. They put on the uniform at 1.30, did not take it off till 11.30 p.m., mm. and he, all, he, he said one word. He said, chaffage. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Just a lot of chaffage. <laughs> uh, Good luck, Trojans, uh, next week. We'll, we cheered you on last year when you made a, a very deep run, and we look forward to uh, doing that. And certainly, congratulations. They uh, By winning the way they did, they, they uh, actually get to make graduation on Saturday. That is correct. So just a really big deal. Congratulations to all those senior baseball players for fighting hard for that opportunity to uh, walk down the uh, aisle with your, your classmates. So congratulations to all the North Point seniors this weekend. Now turning to the only other team still left in the playoffs, that's the Hernando Softball Lady Tigers. The Lady Tigers and the Lady Jaguars of Soda Central faced off in the North Half Finals last night that was moved up to Thursday night due to possible rain on Saturday. This was a matchup that the Tigers won last year and featured the last two state champions, DeSoto Central in 2019 and the Tigers last year. Of course, there was no champion in 2020 due to the season being canceled for COVID. DeSoto Central was seated higher and hosted the first game Friday night. And, Matt, that's when it uh, kind of got crazy. It did. Uh, the Hernando takes a early 3-0 lead with, uh, I believe it was Janice Shaw, hits a basis-clearing double. Three runs come in. They take a uh, 3-0 lead uh, in the early part of the game. The score goes to 4-1. Uh, the, the Tigers get a couple insurance runs. They're looking pretty good. There's a 6-2 lead into the bottom of the seventh. So they get a, they bottom was, of the seventh. Bottom of the seventh. They get a, a couple insurance runs, top of the seventh. Bottom of the seventh, six to two. DeSoto Central hits two two-run homers in the bottom of the seventh inning. What are, what are the chances of that? <laughs> two, Next to nothing. Homers. I mean, so pushes it to six to six. They have to go to extra innings, so they go to the eighth inning. Now, something we did not know until last night. They they play by international rules uh, in the playoffs. This is not in the regular season. The playoffs, where that means that a runner is automatically put on second, and so you start the inning with a runner on second base. So the uh, Lady Tigers take uh, advantage of this. Riley Eister is immediately put on second base. She would made the last out. Correct. Uh, in the top of the seventh, so the last out goes to second, so that brings up uh, good the middle part of the lineup, good part of the lineup comes up to bat, able to get two runs in the top of the eighth, then we go to the bottom of the eighth, uh, again, DeSoto Central gets a, a lady on second, they get a lady on third, well, a girl on first and third, two outs, a uh, couple strikes on a batter, Matt, we found out, unfortunately, a, a seventh grader is put in a tough position for DeSoto Central having to come out with a, uh, the, she's the winning run at the plate, um, uh, a girl on first and third, two outs, Unfortunately uh, for the Soda Central, very fortunate for the Hernando uh, Lady Tigers. Strikeout to end the game. Bottom of the uh, the eighth ends the game. Hernando takes a crucial one nothing lead in the best of three series. We'll be coming home, as you mentioned, tonight uh, at uh, Tiger Stadium, 6 p.m. tonight. You'll be on the call uh, for what can be a, a closeout game to go to the state championship for the Tigers that they can finish business at home. Derek, I'm, I'm going to give you my word. I'll do everything I can do to, uh, to help in this game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, these girls deserve it. Uh, the last two years since you and I started the UTW podcast, I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy. They make that run they did last year. A uh, number of them come on the show twice, interviewed every single one of them uh, last year after they won the state title. And, um, you know, we just continue to cheer for them. Uh, please, if you listen to our voice, if you don't uh, go to softball games, the game, the field is right behind the middle school. If you've never been, 
Come out, pay your $7, and cheer these young people on as they, uh, you know, put Hernando across their chest and possibly for a chance to go to for back-to-back state titles. I, I can't wait for tonight. Uh, we're going to be set up early. Um, it's going to be a dance party. I'll just say that. And if you don't know quite where it is, just you could pretty much park on Mackinville at this point and watch the game <laughs> through through the Capel Church campus. You can see the outfield straight through there. You can walk across that dirt if you want to. Just kind of, I mean, literally, it's wide open. You can almost watch it right there. So just drive down Mackinville. When you see the lights, it's going to hit you in the face as you hit that clearing. Right there, take make your right, go to the game. Uh, should be a great, great night for softball. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for it. Young people, we thank you so much for all this, the fun we've had this school year. Uh, football, baseball, basketball, all the different things we cover here under the water tower. Congratulations on a wonderful school year. Um, Derek, your son graduates this weekend. Bo Big Lane, congratulations on a wonderful, wonderful North Point career. Um, just a number of different things. You're a great young man. I'm glad to know you and uh, definitely want to give you a shout out there um, from – Myself, of course, a friend of your dad's, and obviously uh, my entire family who's known you since the day you were born. We love you, and we just want to say congratulations and uh, good luck in Oxford next year. Look forward to hearing all about graduation coming up. Yeah, I, I figure. I mean, I, I sorry, I didn't you, mean man. to steal your. No, I love you, and we're really looking forward to it. I will not be at the game tonight. Uh, we have baccalaureate tonight Boo. Uh, at seven o'clock <laughs> at the school, uh, and then uh, tomorrow. Who goes the, to those? Those don't matter. The graduation. Going to graduation is tomorrow at eleven a.m. Uh, on Saturday. So again, just a uh, really looking forward to it. I, I can't believe it's here, uh, but uh, it, it's going to be a, a great weekend. And I mentioned on the Tuesday show, the whole family's coming up, and we'll cover more about this next sure. week because we'll talk about a recap from my son's graduation and a. Pre- preview of your daughter's graduation so just a big you know next seven days eight days for the utw podcast uh and really looking forward to it so uh again uh just you know again love you Bo. very proud of you and i can't walk to, to wait to walk across the stage and be able to turn that tassel you know derek a lot of our listeners i mean several i can think of instantly that i've gotten to know more since we started doing the show have gotten to become uh more familiar with us and our families uh, from the show and so uh thank y'all for going on this journey with us senior year has been wonderful class of 2022 congratulations for north point lewisburg and hernando look if you enjoy our show all the different things we do interviews with uh local realtors and we joke around about softball and baseball and all the different sports shine a light on young people find us on facebook at utw podcast instagram at utw podcast twitter utw pod again that's utw pod on twitter if you enjoy our show give us a five-star review wherever you listen to our show spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. give us a five-star review helps us simply move up when it comes to local podcasts if you're interested in advertising with the utw podcast email us at under the water tower info at gmail.com that's under the water tower info at gmail.com and we can certainly send you over a packet when it comes to our advertisers if you enjoy our show please consider looking up ob pod covering the eastern side of desoto county also deep dive into center hill Olive Branch and Lewisburg Athletics OB Pod. They release a show early on Monday mornings. Again, OB Pod. Look them up. Our Friday show always ends the same way. Going to encourage you to visit your local church this weekend. If you pass by a church every day, if your son or daughter go to a youth group um, event or youth group every Wednesday night, please consider attending with them this Sunday at that local church. Any local church right here in this area has a Facebook page, has a website that you can get their worship times. Please look that up and attend this Sunday. We always want to encourage you to visit a local church on Sundays. Well, Derek, good luck this weekend, my friend. Look forward to our words from the weekend. I have a feeling it's going to be something graduation related. Mm-hmm. Again, Bo Big Lane, we love you. Congratulations on uh, everything tonight and, and tomorrow. Happy graduation there at North Point School. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time 
Under the Water Tower. This is where we dropped off 